what's here, it has predilections and conditions based on it. Yes? And so in a way, you could say that everyone's subjective experience here is their karmic vision. So some person, one person who's got a, there's no person, let's say, but let's say the mind that's really unfettered and clear, they're seeing here with a vision of everything is really cool. Yeah? Their vision is that everything is okay. And then the same, another mind appearing as another body will look at the same situation, but they'll see Helen. So, in other words, your heaven and hell isn't a place, obviously, that you go to, or that you find, or that you move into. It's the way you're looking at things. It's the vision that's occurring. Yes? And so, animals and other things have different visions, like cats see things differently than us, and birds here, and everything like that. So, we have a basic category of a human vision, and then in that human vision, there's all this subjective seeing going on. And that subjective seeing is basically the imprints of your conditioning, outplaying, yes? So, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That meaning is sort of like a treasure bank or a library of a lot of old ideas and conditionings that is being expressed by how you see things, yeah? How things appear to you, yeah, as a you, are defined by the conditioning that you've been basically drenched at. Yes. So in the, in the way what we talk about is most everybody is giving everything all the meaning it has here. And what most of us and most of the meaning that we have been given that has been given through this, this see, the idea of me giving the meaning is part of the system of self-centeredness. Yes? You can't escape like in language, the use of the idea of being the one that's doing it or having it. But there is no me giving meaning to things. One of the biggest meaning that's given is there's a me giving meaning to things, yes? So there's meaning given to objects, yes? And then that meaning elicits a reaction from the conditioning. And then there's a dance. So, I, like the Course of Miracles would say, I'm the dreamer of the dream, I forgot that I dreamt the dream, and I've given the dream all the power to affect me. Yeah? So, we're giving everything the meaning it has. That meaning is that it's real, solid, inherently true out here, and these, and these true values can impose their will on us. Yeah? So when something's bad, it's bad, and when something's good, it's good. And there's no difference. It's always going to be bad and it's always going to be good. It has an inherent value. That person's an asshole and basically maybe in the rest of your life that's the only way you'll see that person. Is they're an asshole. No matter how many things change, no matter how many times they express it from a different place, you'll still frame them with the idea of being an asshole. So... The minds are giving everything the meaning they have, and that mind, it's sort of like the undifferentiated light, comes through this little prism, or this, this apparatus of lenses, and then it differentiates the light. So, light comes in, it differentiates the light, and when it differentiates the light to an extreme level, you never recognize the light in anything. You only recognize the appearance as being real and solid. You don't realize it's the light that's 
that is appearing as that object, yes? That light that is appearing as what you're seeing, we don't sense that, but we see, we, we totally see and feel and think about the appearance. So we forget the light, and we take the object that the light is presenting itself as, as real and solid and inherently that object, yes? That person, or that car, or that mountain, or that tree, and therefore, we're totally oblivious to the light of all lights, yes? The undifferentiated aspect of it and the differentiated aspect of it. We're totally thrust into a position of now, I become the subject, I'm the one who's seeing, not light, not light, but I'm the one who's seeing, and I'm seeing that, and that is just the meaning that my conditional mind has given it. Isn't that totally, totally delusional? really totally out for lunch, in a sense, yes? And then you want to know your authentic self, that's the biggest booby prize of all. There is no authentic self. What is the authentic self going to be based on? How you feel? This, the feelings are totally contrived by the apparatus, and the mind's giving it the meaning when they're arising. Yeah? <laughs> it's like, there's no way, there's no way... <coughs> The only authority here that you can fall upon is self, and self isn't an authority. Self is a man is a product manufactured by the process. It is part and parcel of the light being differentiated. Yeah? And then it's so incredible that that aspect of differentiation claims to be the one who's seeing, the one who's hearing, the one who's feeling. So of all the objects, this one object is given the crown of being the subject of a life, and now it's called your life. Your life. Whose life is it? When you say it's my life, what does that my signify? The body. My life. This is my life. This is my life. It's totally insane. So then you go, okay, well, I'm going to think about my life. How can you, the only way you can think about your life is as a body. All your thoughts represent you as a body. Go back in the past, right now, go back uh, two weeks ago, everybody. How do you see yourself as a body two weeks ago? Yeah? Where was I? The only location you can find is that you, where your body was, yes? If you go, where was I two weeks ago? <laughs> the only evidence from this incredibly insane idea is that the body was in Joshua Tree. Oh, so that's where I was. Yeah? And then I'm worrying that I'll be in jail three weeks from now. Who is the I that will be in jail in three weeks? Yeah? If I'm not the body, then how... When I would be going, where was I two weeks ago, would be this, it would be exactly the same where I am now, which is everywhere. But no, let's forget all that. Let's, see, let's, just, let's just shrink it to one little position, one little tiny reference point called Paul, and then let's circle it with millions of thoughts. All right. I was back, oh, that's, let me go think about what happened last week. There I was, at the party. <laughs> the other object, called Sue, I wanted to make it with, was talking to someone else. 
And I was really getting pissed off. And I'm still pissed off now, as what? The one who was pissed off at the party. I'm still pissed off now about that party two weeks ago. And you know what? I'm really pissed. I'm never going to be over that fact that she dished me me for that other guy. So who's doing that future resentment? This. Who's now cooking up and and, you know, like, savoring the smell of the past one two weeks later, this, yes, and who was the one it happened to, this. This is called, life is not happening, it's happening to you, which isn't life at all. It's a contrived movie. Do you like it? Are you really happy with all the shorts and all the cuts? Are you editing, you're constantly editing it to YouTube all day. YouTube, exactly. You are me too. Let's either you're shoot, you know, running it on someone else, or you're just watching it in your own little head. Let's go back over that. How many hits have I had? I did it eight hundred thousand freaking times. Wow! I'm a star in my own YouTube. How many thoughts have hit it? Thousands of thoughts. That motherfucker. That motherfucker. I would have been married to her probably by now. Oh, that and all the meaning that would mean. It would have been great. My whole life would have been great, except for Bob. But who is that Bob that can be an impediment to me? A body, yes. And what can be impeded upon? A body, yes. What cannot get what it wants? A body, yes. What's stopping you from getting what you want? Limitations. Maybe you're not that good looking. Maybe you're not this. Maybe you're not that. Maybe you don't have enough supposed money. Where would you put your wallet with all that money? In your pocket, yes? The pocket is a a pair of pants on what? A body. The mind, the whole system that we're really... We're just attuned to, well, we, we got the broadband of K-Self, you know, definitely. But then we all have our little subdivision of K-Paul or K-Greg. And we're basically just listening to that station all day. And it's broadcasting news, which is always old. It's broadcasting weather, which is always old. Yes, it's always selling you products you've already bought thousands of times before. It's... It's telling you, it's got the forecasters, what's going to be, what was, and what's now. Yes, just picking it up constantly, and we're navigating, listening to this. Yes, you go home and think about your day. How do you think about your day? First of all, you don't think about your day. The apparatus thinks about the day, but you believe you're the apparatus, so when there's an activity in the apparatus, what is the feeling of it? I'm the one that's doing it. And yet... You can't even take a shit when you want to. This always boggles my mind that we claim one of the most intense, one of the most nebulous, one of the most unseeable systems called thinking. We claim that, but something that shows its evidence every day in a watery little pot <laughs> called the throne, we, we don't, you know, I'm the shitter of that. It's obvious that I'm not the shitter of it, am I? I mean, if I would, I would have said, I don't want to shit sometimes. You know? That that train on, in India, I did not want to shit. But I had a shit. And the, the toilet was so unbelievably ugly. The last thing I, I wanted to do was the shit. Yet, 
Shit happens. <laughs> but here I go, claiming these things, like I'm the pumper of my own heart and whatever. It's totally insane. Doesn't it sound crazy? How, how could I be the pump of my heart? I would have forgot to do it an hour ago and been dead. I would have been dead before I even started this life. But the most, uh, most difficult thing, at least you can feel the heart seemingly pump in your chest, yes. You can feel the digestion gurgle. You can't really see thoughts. Yeah? You know what I mean? You can't, if you look in here, can you picture a shadow of a thought? You don't see the activity of that organ, do you? You don't see thoughts. I mean, I see shit and whatever. You don't see this. And yet, you're so, you're so sure that you're the thinker of it. It's mind-boggling. And when you offer this simple advice, maybe you're not the thinker of it, and also, maybe they're not actually about you. They're about what you assume to be. They're definitely about this. They are definitely about life based on being this. They're definitely. The whole system that you're relying on is based on an erroneous point of view. Yeah? The whole system. The best you can do is to think, okay, I'm going to think I'm a spirit. Yeah? But what's thinking it's a spirit? This. Yes? Now, you can think that you're a spirit, but while you, when the thinking's going on that you're a spirit, what's the feeling of who's the thinker? This. Yes? You can't escape it. So, okay, I'm going to sit here right now and think I'm a spirit. All the thinking that I do as of a being a spirit is defined by this as the thinker. Yes, you see? So when you're going, oh, I'm a spirit, it's totally crazy. Because now you're assuming this is a spirit. And as soon as you believe this is going to... Well, you can't take this to be a spirit because it's a body. So then the next thing is, I will become spiritual. That's the logical sequence of the mind when it goes, oh, shit, nothing's working out. I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried this. Well, the last house on the left is spirituality. I'll start practicing something. Yeah? And so now this sets off on the course of being, to become spiritual. But it's already defeated because this can never become spiritual. This can never become an unbody. Yeah? It's very difficult for a body to become an unbody. The whole point is, is to see you're not the body. And what occurs is, you'll find out that you are, quote-unquote, spiritual. Yeah? That you can't be fingered. You can't be referred to. When the mind goes, oh, I remember that day three weeks ago, that has absolutely nothing really to do with you at all. What was there then is here now. What was there then what was there then, in the mind, which is there is no there and then, but what's there then is here now and forever will be. It's just this space of awareness, yes? The mind goes up into its little hole, its asshole, goes up here and starts reflecting on, on a mental realm, not a spiritual realm, a mental realm, and it, and it sees itself through thought back there. And then the there becomes a real solid place in a very unreal, unsolid place. 
And so when you assume yourself to be this, you're going to have absolutely no immunity to this. None whatsoever. None. None. Self can't get out of self. Self can't transcend self. Self cannot transcend anything. First of all, it, ha- it would have to be real to transcend, and it also would have to be real to be transcended out of. Yes? The thing is, that's why they say in recovery, self can't get out of self, because it's a product of a mental process. What we're absorbed in is an idea that the mental process hatched as a solution to the unbearable mystery of never being able to know what's going on here truly, it has given us a false world that it's sure of. And it partitioned this incredible always for, at all times into moments called the past, the future, and the present. And it's actually, because it knows if you actually stay in the present for a little bit of time, it, a lot of things will dawn on you. So the whole thought system is more devised to rely, to go or on a past and future. When you're thinking, you're very rarely thinking about this moment, this moment. You're thinking about a past moment or a future moment. The system of thought has no value in this moment whatsoever. Its whole value is using this moment to think about a past quote-unquote moment and a future quote-unquote moment. Yes? Which are all made up. It doesn't matter how many people agree with it, yes? You try to convince a cat that that's the way it is, it ain't going to buy it. Go try to talk to a salamander and say, hey, have you ever thought about how you were when you were a little newt? No! It has no fucking idea of a past or a future. Yes? A cat isn't going, oh, I ate yesterday so I don't need to eat today. No! Its impulse is to eat now. Because there's never not been a now. Yeah. So when something arises now, it's valid or authentic. It needs to eat. It doesn't have a story. Oh, I ate yesterday a whole lot. I won't eat that much today. I need to diet. The cat's not going on a fucking diet. And then when you eat enough, they'll usually stop. Yes? They do. They do. I watch the birds all day at my house. I have these bird feeders. They're incredible. They have a little aggression, but everyone gets fed, and they, everyone gets a chance, and there's no real, and it all works. It's almost like India. Have you ever gone to India? Billions of people. It's totally insane, but it works in a way. Just everything goes on and on, but somehow it works. This whole idea of relying on self is relying on a thought system yeah, called self centered Yes? If you're relying on this thought system, if you're introduced to the idea of selfing, you'll say, I've been selfing lately. That's a demonstration of the thought system. There was just selfing, but the way it interprets to you, or as a you, is I've been selfing. You've missed the boat. You can hear 800 hours of what selfing is and isn't, and if the feeling arises and it's combined and it's captured with this thought, I've been selfing all day, that's the total demonstration of the system of self-centeredness. Selfing has been claimed and now you believe you're the one who's been selfing. 
That's the whole problem. Not the problem. That's the delusion. Is that there's a verb goes on. There's a recognition of a verb, but then a noun is 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 placed in it. Yeah. So selfing. Selfing is going on, but the head goes. It sees that. It sees the verb, but it goes because of its habit. It goes. I'm selfing. Yeah. I'm doing that action. That's selfing. Yeah. That's the real system of selfing, is the feeling that you're the one that's doing everything, or that everything's being done to you. That's the system of self-centeredness. It's not just thought, it's a sense. You have a feeling. Yes? A feeling that there's a someone. That is not an authentic feeling. It's contrived by the activity of a mental process. You didn't have that feeling when you were born. You grew into it, in a sense. Obviously, I'm saying you grew into it, which is, again, the system. But there was a growing into it, and then, as you hit a certain point, that, that activity, it's still verbing, yes? But it, it's created almost like a dried cement of an idea of being a you. Yeah? But it isn't dried, but the feeling is that you're a block, that you are a solid something. Yes? All of that was initiated and produced by the selfing, yes? Selfing, 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 selfing. It's like a helicopter. You know, those the blades. If it goes fast enough, it looks like one solid thing, yeah? You don't see it. You don't see it all. It's like one big thing. That's what it's like. The selfing is like this. It whips up this, this sense of being a solid, and what takes that picture is the body. The body becomes a representative of the system called self-centeredness. Yeah. Unbeknownst to the body, to tell you the truth. The body's still just shitting and pumping and circulating and sensing. But then on top of it, it's got a mind that's just narrating like crazy life based on being this. Yeah. And what's going to happen to me? Do you think what's going to happen has really that much interest in your mind? It doesn't. What's going to happen to you has a whole lot of interest in your mind. We're attempting to sort of unplug the to you, and then you'll see the, the little concern about what's going, what's going to happen, and you'll realize that concern is about a place that doesn't exist. It's about what's not happening. And to me, no matter how much you're driven crazy by what's not happening, there's only one answer to that, which is recognizing it's not happening. And once you recognize it's not happening, what is there to do? Nothing. Why? Because it's not happening. If you are running away from what's not happening, and you recognize it's not happening, do you keep running away? Probably not. Yes? It's so perfectly clean. The freedom seems to happen so fast, you'll get a hint that it has nothing to do with time. Nothing to do with time. It wasn't produced, yes? It's the whole feeling of time got disrupted, and you saw the solution is constantly shining. It's sort of like, here you were telling a story about being here, and there were the clouds, yes? And there's the sun. And thousands of clouds have come by your sky and blocked you off from the sun. 
And then suddenly, you're on the other side. Yes? The same clouds are going on, but they're not blocking you from the sun whatsoever. The same clouds appear, but the story about them is totally different. They have no ability to block you off from the sun, because the only thing that can be blocked off from the sun is a you. Because a you can be located on this side of the sun, instead of on that side. Yes? The body can have a story about being here, and then all the clouds can become an impediment to maybe its wish to be there. Yes? And that there, which it now signifies would be its salvation, drives it fucking crazy here. What would happen? Nothing has to change. Just give up this position. Maybe your true position is on the other side of the clouds. Who knows? Yeah? Now you're seeing the clouds, but you're seeing the clouds with perfect illumination. Because the clouds aren't blocking the sun off. Yes? It's not getting darker or lighter. And especially, it's not getting darker or lighter based on what you do or don't do. You're not the one that's, you're not the big shaker anymore. And your whole life now becomes illuminated. Yes? And when the illumination is, is in your life, clarity arises. Obviously. Yes? Because there's enough light to see what's going on. And when you see what's going on, it's qu quite easy to recognize when you're seeing what's going on, what's not going on. Yeah? So you can see, part of what's going on is the mind's presentation of what's not going on, but with this anchor, you've got immunity to that. It's so beautiful. You don't have to work at it, it just dawns on you. All you need is the flavor. The thing that's driving you the most crazy, if you got the flavor that it was truly not happening, you would have so much fucking relief rushing. Like here, you turn the lights off in this room, we say it all the time. Let's say in time, the lights have been off for a long time. We would take the darkness as reality, yes? We would assume this is the way it is. And let's say there would be a lot of problems that the darkness would have created, like not being able to see where you're going. Yes. Which obviously would create an incredible Petri dish for anxiety, mental anxiety. If you could not see where you were going, and it was very important to see where you were going, it would cause a lot of unrest in you, yes? And what would you do in that situation? If you were relying on mind, there'd be lots of thinking about it. So here we are in the dark. I have to, so I run into Deb, I run into the chair, I hurt my knees, I get people pissed off, I gotta go to the bathroom, I don't know where the bathroom is. Some guy's selling maps to where he thinks the bathroom is. I take him as an authority, I hope he knows what he's talking about, I buy the map, it still doesn't, it gets, takes me to a closet, I don't buy the bathroom. All these problems arise, and we just sort of accept it. And we just try to make the best of it, you know? We're more adaptable than cockroaches, really. I swear to God, humans, the only reason why we're seemingly here in this, this dream of time is because we're adaptable. We'll put up with tons of shit. It's incredible. So here we are running around like crazy trying to find all these solutions to the darkness instead of just entertaining, entertaining the light switch. Bing! You hit the light switch, what happens? What happens to all your stories about all your problems if it gets illuminated? Once the illumination comes up, yes, the whole thing is seen to be what? Unreal. 
It's not actually happening this way. Yeah. It's incredible. It immediately opens you up to want. The ever sense, the ever, ever sense of presence now. You sense that presence of just being here. Yeah. The thing that has been lacking most of the time in this story of being you in this place, you have a sense of. And immediately, you realize most of all your drives are based on being unsatisfied. And now you have a sense of satisfaction. A true rest and a calmness can come over you. And then, while there's calmness and while there's movement, there's still the presence. The presence is available in the calmness and it's also available in the movement. Yes? Calmness and acting calm isn't what produces the presence. The presence is available in all the states. And now you're traveling in whatever arises here, and yet your basis is of the sense of presence. Because what was causing the presence to seem to be absent was your presence as this. Your presence as this, as the mind taking itself to be this, and emphatically affirming that this is what's present, causes what's truly present to seem absent to us. It can't happen any other way. When this is constantly being affirmed, which it is by the system of thought, called self-centeredness, and you're obsessed and identified with that system of thought, in other words, you actually have a feeling of being the body and actually believe you're this, yes? In that activity, what's present becomes absent. And you become totally present. You're all there is to be about. (laughs) Everything is about you now. It's incredible, isn't it? Everything. You can say something that has nothing to do with you, and in a half second you'll have it pertaining to you. The mind is unbelievable. Everything will be seen as how it pertains to you, as this you. So you'll try to, in a way, in a mental way, become as large as what's always ever time here. Yeah? In a mind way. Everything will be always about you. Constantly. It's insane, right? So by, th- so by this presence, the presence is absent to you. Yes? That's why you're here. That's why you're going to hope that something works for you today. That's why you're praying this happens and this happens. Yes? Because your well-being is determined by what's going to happen to you or to someone, some other you. Yes? So you're immediately, your mind is constantly in the modality of seeking. There's no rest in it. It's constantly looking for an advantage or a solution. Because what it's looking for is what's looking, but it believes what's looking is this. So what it's truly looking for is what's looking. The same, yeah? All the looking in this room is just from one source, in a sense, yes? So what's looking is what you and you and me are looking for, but if we believe that we know what's looking is this, you'll never freaking find it as this. Because what's looking is not this. Yes? It's not the what's looking that's hiding. It's the being obsessed with the you that's looking for that causes it to seem to be hidden. Yeah? So the open secret doesn't seem to be an open secret. The gateless gate seems to have a lot of gates. So in, in a sense, when there's a recognition that my idea of myself is not what I am, then my intention and interest leaves there, and that sort of, it vacates this absence, 
And this, this, is, this is definitely, definitely then absent, and that's the presence. But if this is seen to be, if you're still waiting to get the message as you, that's the absence, yes? So therefore the presence has got to be missing from your life. The best it can be is an experience that maybe you had one day or something. But when you see that, all right, I'm not that which my mind presents myself to be, and that seemed to be true, then your interest and attention leaves, comes out of the ass of self, and then it senses it travels in a sense of presence. A sense of okayness, not based on time, not based on what I do or don't do, or what someone else does or doesn't do, but it's not based on anything. Because it's based in nothing. So a lot of people I see, they'll come or they'll email me. There's still a sense of them waiting to get it, yes? All right, I know, I know, I know. I've heard it a hundred times before. I've heard this message a hundred times before. But what do I do? What do I do? What do I do to get it? Why haven't I got it yet? And if you point out the, the idea of, all right, what's looking is what you're looking for. I understand that. I understand that. But give me another way of looking. Or four pages of an exquisite thesis on not to, on no personal doership, and yet the first question that comes out of the audience from a student is, "All right, I understand what you said. Now, what do I do?" You just don't see it. It's just the system just re-adapts, it reconnects, it re. It can have an incredible moment. It can have an incredible epiphany. Can happen. And the conditional mind will arise and say, I had the epiphany. It will claim its own absence. Haven't you noticed that? Some of the most beautiful moments in your life or in your day, it wasn't there. But when you sit back in the day and tell the story of it, it's the one that says, I did this, I had this. It was incredible. I'm going to do exactly what I did that day, expecting the same result. You had nothing to do with it. It was truly the absence of you that became dominant, and the freedom that you so sorely want and have a flavor for was re-excited in your like little pituitary gland or saliva or place. You got a flavor, a taste of it. But as soon as the taste came, it got claimed for, as the one who had the taste. Yes? Then it's missed again and again and again and again and again. It's so obviously always so, right here, and yet there's a claiming of it that makes it not so, and there. Then, there, that person, but never you. No, you're not allowed to comment. You have to sit quiet and not say a word. with what, you know, my belief in 
God or my belief in something, to me is so profound, but at the same time I think, wouldn't I be completely, you know, on my knees in tears, wordless to describe what that feeling or that place or what that God means? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost too big or too nebulous for my human self to fully understand it. So I just go, okay, well, yay, I had this little glimpse or glitter of peace, but what does that mean? I mean, is it just, it's just an awareness. I guess I'm not asking a question, I'm just sort of saying where I'm at. But um, I guess for me it's just about being aware that this is where I am today and to keep cultivating that um, place or keep cultivating this peaceful spirit. You hear in the, just a, so there's, the way it sounded, presentation was that there was a that, mm-hmm. that beautiful place, and there's a this. Yeah. What I'm saying is maybe there isn't a this, and all there is is that. You see? You see how, what we were just been talking for a half hour in this way, you may not have meant it, it was just demonstrated by your share. There was an absence, let's say, of you. And yet you now is circulating it and talking about it and trying to figure out how to probe it and understand it. When what would happen if the emphasis left this and just stayed in that that can't be known? That's the presence of every day. Yes? You see? You see how there's been a movement? The mind was in its unfiltered, let's say, virgin state, and then it slipped on a suit again. And now it's walking around that un, you know, that virgin state as if, as if it's an object or an experience yeah. that it had, meaning I'm this, really, and that, which is all there is, is something that I just experienced. Don't you see the claiming that's, of the well, self? That's what I'm saying. I just feel like as long as I'm in body, I'm always going to recognize that. No. No, you're not. No. No, that's another book. That's not true for me. It may be for you, but personally, that's not true. Or impersonally, really. Yeah. That's not true. You have, actually, it's a perfect thing you just said. Because it's exactly what I was attempting to share this whole time. So there was the absence of you, let's say, yeah? And everything was wah, 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 wah. And then there was the arising of you, and then you tells a story about its own absence, as if that was God or this or that. (laughs) And now, the real state you're in now is... It's not present for you. Yes? That quote-unquote moment. It's not present for you. It is, but I just feel like if I, if I really got it, if whatever that it is, if, if there is anything to it, that I wouldn't know, first of all. And secondly, I would just be so blissed. I don't know. It's almost like I'm out of focus. I would be so completely one that I wouldn't even know it anyway. How would I... Share. Just this is not conflicting yours or anything. I'm not trying to get yeah, you. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. See, you see the emphasis. What's been called you is a mind process, and what is called other was actually what I believe is being you. The absence of that mind process as being you is what I feel you're describing as something that you want to happen to you. I'm just questioning that you, if you're not that then why the hell don't you, can't you entertain your all of this? That's the presence. That presence, it doesn't have to have giant fireworks, but the presence that you're all of that, 
and none of the commentating about being something other than that, that's the presence you travel with all day, instead of having an experience that now you're thinking about, wouldn't that be wonderful? And then your mind's just speculating, I'd be totally in bliss or something like that. That's all like the mind, yes? Being hit, a huge illumination, and then being back in the dark room of being a self. And then it's just speculating. Oh, it would be blissful, and I wouldn't know what to do with myself, and I will never know it. And this is all, this is exactly what I was saying. If, you're, if the attention and interest was emphasizing what you call that an experience, yes, as actually being what you are, and then seeing what's claiming it to be an experience is not what you are, that's the presence that's always available at all times. This is what wants to have an experience in time and as a body of that. Yes? This is happening all the time with no requirements necessary to meet it. This is going to make this very infrequent and only have an experience of it. And once it's done with it, it won't be what you thought it was anyway. <laughs> It'll be an object to you as the subject. Yes? Because the selfing immediately wants to insert itself as the subject, and now the truth of all truths is an object to it. And it's walking around it mentally and going, let me see if I can get in this way. Oh, that would be too much bliss if I did this or that. It's beautiful. I really appreciate what you said. Because that's the whole point. People have a free sample, but when they, the free sample hits, their mind gets over it like a hiccup and immediately re- Coagulates as the as the one that happened to yes. No, I, it's not quite like that. No. And I'm not saying that I got it today, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. It just feels like it's I don't know. It feels like myself is such an asshole compared to that blissful, peaceful place that I get to. That it's just kind of I don't know. That's where I'm at today. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So all the hundred gnats are driving 
this gnat crazy, <laughs> and you think that, oh, these gnats are real, because, or maybe this is saying the gnats are unreal, but it's giving it a sense of reality. This is also unreal. This gnat that thinks, what do I do? Yes. That's sort of like when the lens opens up a little more, because more of what you may feel to be you, authentically, will show up to be in the content. And then there's a point where whatever arises as a you, yes, or speaks for you, or from you here, is always part and parcel of the content. The context is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So, many people recognize the hundred gnats, but they miss the hundred first gnat. <laughs> this is about just attempting to open up the lens a little farther, so more is included when you see something. Because there's usually a sense of still being the seer, yeah? The seer or the doer, so what do I do arises? What do I do with these gnats? Well, in fact, that's part of the gnat world, yeah? What do I do with it? And then the next reaction of, well, what shouldn't I do with it, is also a gnat. And a gnat, and a gnat, and a gnat, and a gnat, and all of these gnats are arising in the presence. They're not part and parcel, they're not apart from, or are they truly the presence? They're an appearance in the presence. But the presence never shifts or changes, yes? It's flavor as you can, but the source of it is always available at all times, with no requirement necessary to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is thinking a sense the same way the vision is a sense? Like I see something, and I didn't make it. Well, not, not thinking is an activity. The mind sees it. The right. mind sees it. Like yeah, it's like an organ. It's not a physical organ. In Buddhism, they would say that the uh, seeing is seeing thoughts is a sixth sense. Yeah, the mind is like an organ that sees thoughts. Yeah, yeah. just on a subtler level than eyes and hearing and ears. You know, because they have drums and this doesn't have. You know, you can't look inside your head and see the organ that's seeing the thoughts, yeah? But there are thoughts that are being heard and seen. Seeing doesn't just mean seeing, you know? It encompasses hearing and everything like that. Seeing is just seeing. It's like a a sense of knowing, yeah? Prior to knowing anything here. Because most of what's known here is known in a subject-object relationship. So when people study the truth here, they're taking themselves to be the subject, and they're studying an object called the truth, with the idea that maybe that will lead this subject to have a great advantage. What we're saying is there is no subject. The truth is not an object to you. Yeah? Enlightenment is not an object to attain or achieve. All that stuff has been thrown or cast into a position of being an object to us when we take ourselves to be the subject. This is entertaining. I'm not the subject, and then subjectivity becomes obvious. Subjectivity, you know, what's all looking out of us now. And when that becomes obvious, there's a presence in the obviousness of that. And that presence is what you travel with, or as, and then you travel lighting here. That's what happens to me. Yeah? So the subjectivity becomes... Because you're absent as a subject, yes? When you become absent as the subject, then the presence, the subjectivity becomes obvious, and what that happens, it it intimates a presence, and that's how you travel. The presence of realizing you're not the subject is subjectivity. Yes? 
When this stops claiming to be the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, and toucher, it doesn't even have to stop claiming it. When you see what's claiming to be the seer, hearer, feeler, taster, toucher is not you, that, and that immediately, immediately, because it has nothing to do with time or process, makes mind available to subjectivity, yes? And then mind, instead of reflecting you, as what it is, it reflects subjectivity as what it is, and when it's reflecting subjectivity as what it is, there's a presence that sort of comes over you here, yes? And it doesn't, the bottom line of it, it doesn't come and go. It's not an experience. It's not even a state. Yeah. Resolving with that, that state, you know, St. Francis, he says, what you're looking for, you're looking with. Uh, I heard another part of that is what you came to find came with you. Yeah. It's not you. It's everywhere. So, what you came to find came with you. I I'm just overriding it with this stop. Well, you're not. No. Thought. The mind. The thoughts of you. Yes. There's a part of your interest and attention that is wedded to that activity of reflecting life as a self. Yeah? Hopefully, maybe through some shock or just the recognition of what's always so, or sometimes you're startled, startled into it by suffering. Who knows? But something. Uh, the verb of selfing can be startled into stopping, yeah? Because it's a verb. So there's wrenches that happen here. I call them grace, right? They just drop in. And if it's a sufficient enough, large enough wrench, it may startle your selfing into stopping for a period of time. That in that period of time, which is no time, there can be a big, big impression. It, can only, it may only take a second, but that impression will be so powerful in your life that it'll never be forgotten. So as your mind keeps reasserting being a self, there'll be an immunity to it, because something literally has fucking shook you up. Yes? Now, I believe, for me, if that has anything to do with anything, which it doesn't, but if it does in this story, then you have been through enough suffering. Yes? second and they've never been the same and other people that seem to keep at rep, rep, in repetition more and more stuff starts happening to them. So there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just what, where the mind is at the time. Who knows? You know? So you can break open like that. The point is, I don't believe that this, this is just an act of going through the process of breaking open. The fact there's nothing to be broken open. That's the news for me. Yes? When the mind arises and asserts itself as being the one who's speaking, like, I've got to do something about all this, that's part of all this. And I'm not that. So whatever appears, I cannot possibly be. The eye can never see itself. It can't turn around and see itself. But all there is is seeing. 
So whatever arises, whatever mental states, emotional states, whatever events out here occur, yes, there's something that they seem to be occurring too. Don't this, doesn't it? Now most of us get the feeling that that's me that they're occurring to. I believe there's the little mistake. The me that they're occurring to in the mental point of view is is laid on through the body identification. In some sense, it's you as this that thinks you're the seer, yeah? You're the hearer. You're the one life is happening to. Isn't there? There's a feeling of being the proprietor of this little activity and things happen from me and to me. Isn't that the way most people travel? From the way I, when I speak with them, there's a sense of being a self. Yeah? That's the, that's, that's the uh, implementation of darkness here. So when the darkness is attended to and interested in, because it is, we cherish the idea of being a self, obviously in that darkness it can seem to be no light. And yet, darkness is only absence of light, and in a sense there can never be absence of light. Yeah? That's the solution. The solution is to recognize what you believe is going on is quite impossible to be happening <laughs> as it's being presented. <laughs> really? I mean, how much time do you spend in what's not happening? And you think you're the one that's spending it there. <laughs> you're not happening. The only way what's not happening can seem to be real, it can only seem to be real to what's not happening also. Yes? To what's happening, it's not, it's not seen to be real. False evidence does not appear real to light. It sees it. Darkness, false evidence can appear real to. Yes? Because there's no light to check it, what's going on. It's just based on assumptions and speculations and ideas and opinions and historical baloney that's been dumped into us. Yeah? All made up out of a mental realm called the past. And so that's what we're using to navigate the reality of darkness. But the reality of darkness is just like a made-up tent produced by your cherishing of being a self. Not you cherishing, the mind's cherishing of it. When you see that, that I may not be that, your interest and attention will loop, will be lost in the darkness, and it's like the circus leaves town. The tents are folded up. When you want, just like Jesus says, for the people who have eyes to see and ears to hear. You have the eyes and ears, yes, but there's not enough light. Because there's this incredible obsession with the darkness, yes. What's the whole primary point of darkness? What could darkness ever happen to? To a you, yes? It's body identification. It doesn't mean you're not going to be a body. It just means you never were a body. <laughs> yeah? There wasn't, there wasn't a you that was a body that now is going to give up being a body. There was never a you, yes? That's what happens to Oh, what, how am I going to do? What's going to happen when I give up the body? <laughs> you never had a body. It's just a mind story. I'd love to see you from the point of view of your cat. It would be great. I really would. It would be an incredible little demonstration. All right. Let's see which point's valid, okay? Let's say Corinne's point of herself, point of view. Incredible. Put all these things on it. 
Okay, let's bring in the cat. Alright? Alright, the cat's point of view of print. <laughs> Food, whatever, you know, or affection. Very simple, probably incredible. Just pare down maybe one little bit of data. You know what I mean? One little clip of data. You know, your idea of you, thousands of miles, history, what's going to happen to me, what I've done to others, how I screwed everyone up. All this time, just like billowing, like an atomic bomb of data from what's going to happen.
So we're calling a lot of solutions problems and problem solutions, when in fact, it would be really nice just to get down to the first basic place where life occurs, which is here seemingly, yeah? from our self-centered point of system, and question that self and see if we're, if we're that. If we're not that, our mind will move out of that calibration that just picks up K-Paul and will open up its antenna and pick up new information, new downloads. Yeah? And maybe the download would be as, hey, I'm inherently okay, instead of this whole lifelong drama of I'm always in the process of getting better. I'm always searching to be super okay. Don't you see it? It's a mental freaking trip. It's like it lays bait, and in the bait, and the bait seems to be sequential and in different places. So time and space seem to be real. And now you're on a journey to get these pieces of bait that once you get them and you combine them all, you will finally will have arrived. That's the biggest joke of all. Yeah?
and it's just a matter of like one of the first times I heard this message, I was seeing this lady, and she was given the share, and I she said something, and then I shared, and I said, you know, it's amazing. I thought I was seeing states of mind, yeah, but I thought it was me seeing states of mind. I just realized by your sharing that that me was also a state of mind. And it was like the feeling of that night was the lens that I had been looking as or through went just and this thing that thought it was looking through it was now seen by the lens. Yeah, yeah. So here it was like this. I heard what she said, and so like boom, and then everything didn't change, but the vision changed. I was the scene was way from here, and I looking, thinking I'm dealing with my states of mind was a state of mind. Yeah, oh, it was so cool. So that's what it was like. And so I forgot your name. I keep listening. Julia. Julia. Julia and and uh, Jim. What they said just immediately—that's the sense of it for me. It's sort of like, just like we said with epiphanies. There's an epiphany, and one of the first things that happens after, let's say, it seems to simmer down, is the mind arises and says, I just had this incredible epiphany. That's the claiming of its own absence. When that's noted, then what you felt was a quality of that epiphany, maybe you think bliss and this and that, but a real beautiful quality of the epiphany is presence, 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 because presence lives by that name. It's present all the time. It's presence. It's not in the past or future. Yeah? So even if you make it a past epiphany, the presence cannot be made a part of that product. Because it's present. Yeah? So you got a sense of presence and then the bliss and all that that you may have liked. For me, it was like your, all the, the, uh, the senses got super amplified, you know? and just felt love and all this and all that. But the presence underneath there never goes anywhere. It's not a phenomenon. Yeah? And so here's the head. The head arises and goes, Oh, I just had this incredible experience. It just claimed its own absence. It wasn't there at all. That's why it was so nice. <laughs> you really got what a life looks feels like when you're absent of it. You did. You got a huge sample of it. And yet it wants to immediately move back in the house and, oh, my name's on the lease. I have this incredible epiphany room. Look at this epiphany room. No. If you see that, what, what the benefit of that is, that presence that now has been cast into the idea of an epiphany that once was, is obviously entertained now. Yes? doesn't have to be super blissful or totally, but the presence is, travels as you. Yes, you are that. You are that presence. You want to have an experience of the presence, which makes it infrequent. Yeah? And how can presence be infrequent? <laughs> it's rooted right now, and there seems to always be a now. You didn't think you call it a there and a then. It's now, yes? The there that you said was last week is now. Yeah? The same now. And the then that you're hoping about or think or worrying about is now. Yeah? So the presence is now and it transcends or overrides there and then.
other questions? Is that enough? Did you get enough from me? Did you get enough pounds of my flesh? My my uh, non-flesh and my non-pounds? <laughs> we'll pass the basket. And Monday, Wednesday, Saturdays. And then this left. Did you, how did you find out about us, Vox? Um, I am the, um, um, I used to, to work, I went to the Raleigh retreat last year. Oh, you did? I didn't go this year, though, while we were there, oh. last year, but I did see her uh, talk. Oh, yeah. Well, it was nice to meet you. I just moved to the area, so I thought I'd check you out. Oh, good, good. Well, join the cult, bro. We get free medical, free medical and dental. We have a whole plan, a cult plan. Retirement, yes. We've got a little retirement village. It's very good. Support the We got matching outfits. We're all about bling here. Bling bling. So we end with the surrender.